TikTok. Derek the Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex Talk with Eric Miley. Hey, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Eric Miley. Eric Miley here. We're going to talk about what does it mean to have good enough sex. So, this term, oh, first and foremost, it's just you and me this week. This is an episode I've been wanting to do because I think it speaks directly to many of the folks who end up in my office, you know, my virtual office, because my my practice is entirely online, minus COVID, two and a half years online, just saying. (laughs) Proud of that. (laughs) Now, what oftentimes people come into my office, they're they're coming to me because they have desire issues in quotation marks, or they have this expectation of what sex should be, also in quotation marks. Shoulds. Shoulds are, are, are hard things for humans to deal with, regardless of whether or not we're talking about sex. But I really want to talk about what would it mean for you as the listener to approach your sexual health with the idea and the frame of good enough sex. So the idea of good enough sex on its on its own, GES, we can also call it that, is from wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human, uh, Dr. Barry McCarthy. And you can find his books on Amazon and and he's written books for clinicians that are really great. So if you're a therapist out there, Sex Made Simple is one of my favorites. But if you're a person out there who's just looking for some information, Barry just does a wonderful job of being able to break down some of these more complex ideas to something that is very relatable and understandable. So, but I want to talk about what does good enough sex mean? And Barry outlines like these guidelines. We're going to talk a little bit about them, but specifically, I I want to tackle one of the guidelines that I think kind of encompasses the entire idea of what does it mean to have good enough sex. And that is that the idea of valuing variable, flexible couple sexual experiences, that's like 85% of the approach, and abandoning the need and you can't see me, so I'm quoting, the need for perfect individual sex performance, it inoculates you against sexual dysfunction by reducing the performance pressure and the fear of failure and partner rejection. So essentially what I'm I'm going to be talking about in this episode is shifting how you see your own sexual health and helping you become more flexible around the idea that it isn't to aim at this pleasure goal of orgasm or this goal of being a perfect lover in quotation marks. I'm going to keep giving you lots of quotation marks this time because it, it is this sense that many of my clients, they come to me and they say, I, you know, I'm, I need to give my partner an orgasm by penetrating them in their vagina. I need to have this perfect erect penis to be able to perform and be this like sex god, goddess, gender identity, like (laughs) not necessarily included here, right? Like we're talking about the perfectionism of what 
we are told as as culturally to expect from sexual interaction when in reality as humans and how we actually engage with each other intimately and sex and sexually it's very different so the idea is that sex positivity is a big piece of this. So like having that as a dimension of your life. So seeing sexual sexuality and sexual health as a part of your identity. And it's an invaluable part of being an individual and or in a couple, thruple, what have you. That intimacy, desire, pleasure, eroticism, and satisfaction all go together. And that it is an entire system that is meant for us as humans. I'm not discounting people who are necessarily identify themselves as like asexual. That is part of this as well. Like when you are understanding your entire sexual identity as a human, that can also include, oh, I I don't necessarily enjoy sexual activity the way that maybe other people do. So that this encompasses this entire umbrella. The other part of this is also that relationship and sexual satisfaction are the ultimate focus and are intertwined together. So it is not that relationship issues are separate from sexual issues or sexual satisfaction, that they are intertwined together and then they go with one another. Oftentimes I I get a lot of clients that come to me because they've tried to tackle some sort of sexual issue that they're facing with their therapist and their therapist says, no, this is a communication problem. When in reality, my perspective and and the perspective of many of us who are who are trained in sexuality is that it is completely intertwined and one goes with the other you you can't discount them discount any part of it the next part of this is the understanding that good physical health and healthy behavioral habits are vital for sexual health so valuing your sexual body and your partner's sexual body is a big piece of what does it mean to approach your interactions with yourself, but also your interactions with your partner from this good physical health practice. The next part of this is considering rela- relaxation as the foundation for sexual pleasure and response so that that you're not going to do well. And I don't mean do well as in performance. I mean, the experience isn't necessarily going to go very well and the experience of it if you are coming from a place of threat. So I talk about with my clients a lot about the threat system fight or flight or freeze, and how that impacts our ability to want to be sexual or want to be intimate physically with our partners. That includes sexual and non-sexual touch. So relaxation is one of the bedrock pieces of good enough sex. And I think that it's that's a very, sometimes a difficult thing for us to culturally break down because we have a cultural expectation of that sex is supposed to be spontaneous. I get this a lot from my clients and I often will challenge them and say, okay, so did you did you shower today with the intention and think about like how you wanted to clean your body with maybe perhaps the intention that maybe later sexual activity might happen? 
If so, then you're planning sex. Like the, the idea of spontaneity in sex is actually pretty much a misnomer. That there are other things that we do to prepare for for being able to be physically intimate with with our partner or partners, and that this expectation of spontaneity actually provides a level of pressure that is unnecessary for us. The next part of this the big pieces of good enough sex is desire and satisfaction are more important than arousal and orgasm. Oh, this is where a lot of my folks will fight me. <laughs> Erica, what do you mean the orgasm's not the point? <sighs> folks, uh, I, I'm sorry to say, like, if the minute that, that your interactions with a person become motivated by a goal, that's, the, that's immediately when the pressure begins, if not even before that, the pressure begins to then inhibit your ability to relax and be with and be present with pleasure and, and non, non-demand pleasure and being able to understand what helps you as a person physically feel pleasure, but also then maybe some of the communication your partner might be doing to give to give you any kind of cues of what gives them pleasure too. So again, desire and satisfaction are more important than arousal and orgasm. The next part of good enough sex is that piece that we covered right out the gate, which is if you can break down your idea of what you think perfect sex is in quotation marks. Again, I told you I was here for all the quotation marks today. (laughs) That you can, as a person, really inoculate yourself. So prevent sexual dysfunction by reducing pressure, by reducing that fear of failure, and reducing your fears around partner rejection. Barry McCarthy would argue that there's five purposes of sex. And, I, you know, we can go back and forth about this. I, I, I like this kind of idea of the five purposes of sex. But we have sex for a lot of reasons. And I think these five, uh, we can, you know, keep these as umbrella terms. Pleasure, intimacy, tension reduction, self-esteem, and reproduction. So there's, I mean, that that covers a lot of the bases for which that we are integrating any kind of sexual activity into our relationships, how long or short they are. The next piece of good enough sex is learning to understand and integrate flexibility and using the three sexual arousal styles. So Dr. McCarthy will talk about partner interaction, self-entrancement, and role enactment. Those are really big words. (laughs) That's a lot, right? So the thing to understand and take away from this is learning flexibility and understanding that everyone and how we approach arousal can be a little different. So how your partner experiences arousal and how you experience arousal can be two different styles completely, and they are not wrong just because they're different. So friend of the pod, 
Amanda Luderman, we did an entire episode on erotic empathy. So that's what this is talking about. What would it mean for you to empathize with your partner as opposed to criticize what they find arousing about you? This is a hard thing to break down because I can't tell you. I mean, we see this. This is reinforced culturally a lot. Like however many movies are there, how many television shows out there that show, well, of course, they show this very gender binary way, right? They show a man and a woman and they show that a woman is critiquing her butt and the size of her butt and then asks, asks her partner, does my butt look look good in these jeans or can, how does this, how do, how do I look in this outfit? And it, 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 and the way they show it culturally is this setup, right? A setup for a failure of an, a, an interaction. When in reality, something that would be able to inoculate that from fear, shame, and criticism of the self is if you were to empathize with your partner and their arousal to you and your body, and that their arousal to you and your body is not necessarily impacted by your own self-esteem issues. So say you think your ass looks fat. That is something that you need to work on on your side of the street, how you feel about yourself and your own self-esteem. When you criticize your partner's perspective of liking your ass, that is absolutely invalidating their erotic experience of you. So go back to that episode and take a listen. It's a good one. Amanda Luderman is the shit. I'm a big fan. I want to also make sure that we understand gender differences are respectfully valued and similarities mutually accepted. So this ties directly into that idea that you are not going to invalidate your partner's experience of you and they not invalidate your experience of them. Sex it can be integrated into real life and real life is integrated into sex. They're not these separate things and sexuality is developing and growing and evolving throughout your lifetime. That is something that I think we get stuck in. We think, okay, I like sex to be very specific way and if it doesn't go this very specific way, then I am not doing I'm not having sex successfully, again, with the quotation marks. <laughs> Our sexual health and the things that sexually excite us change over time. I, I often will get folks coming in my office and they're like, well, I didn't like this thing before that I saw in porn or I wanted to try this thing with my partner and I tried it and it got me really excited and I don't understand this. Why do I like this thing? Why do I like this kink? Or why do I like to role play? Why, why, why do I like these things? I didn't like these things before. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong or you're broken or something has gone awry. It means that your sexuality and your eroticism are growing and changing over time. Our brains are programmed to love novelty. <laughs> Our brains love new stuff. Our brains love new things to look at and, and love new things to try. And this is especially so in our sexual development throughout our lifespan. I'm going to say it again. Throughout our lifespan. The final part of this to understand that sexuality is personalized and it can be playful, energizing, spiritual, and special. 
I didn't say anything around every part of that, like it's spiritual in this way or special in this way or energizing in this way. It's that our sexuality is specific to us as individuals. And it is not one specific way for every single one of us. So I know it sounds like maybe I'm repeating myself a bit. It's because I am. <laughs> and us therapists are notorious for being able to uh, talk and talk and talk and give you five different explanations for one thing. But the idea is, is that I want you as the listener to understand that sexuality is variable. Our health, our sexual health changes and what we like sexually changes over time. And that's okay. So good enough sex can include these wonderful, wonderful things. Good enough sex can be playful. Good enough sex can be energizing. It can be special. It can be part of our spiritual lives, whatever spiritual life you have. So I wanted to do this episode as an encouragement that sex does not have to look how you've seen it performed. Sex doesn't have to be goal-oriented. Sex can be about pleasure. And if you can really break down that need for perfect sex, you can vaccinate yourself against sexual dysfunction. All right, folks. That was a doozy. There was a lot in those few minutes. <laughs> if you have questions about this, feel free to reach out. I'm just going to kind of remind you of my email address and, and website and things, erica at ericamiley.com, erica with a K. And the website uh, for the podcast is actually sextalkwitherica.com. I've got to change all of my <laughs> my intro things and all of that stuff. I got to do a refresh of all the things. Since the world blew up, uh, I have just been essentially trying to get episodes out in a timely manner. And that's about as much energy as I've got. So I'm doing my best over, over here, folks. And I know that my wonderful audience gets that. But I just wanted to tell you, I'm working hard to try to bring you good episodes and I'm also very tired because of the state of the world. Us therapists, shout out to my fellow helpers in the world. We are holding a lot of pain with a lot of our clients. And by the end of the day, many of us are pretty tanked. So, and not tanked in the like uh, fun party way, tanked in the emotionally completely tapped way. So I hope all of you are staying safe. I hope all of you are caring for yourselves the way you need to. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the episode. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.